Well, good morning, Elevate. Uh, we are start. Sorry about that. We are starting a new series today. We have been talking about godly relationships the past couple weeks. Let me figure to fix my tail. And we are going for the next four weeks. We are going to be in the Gospel of Luke, talking about Jesus leading up until Easter. So we are going to answer the question: Who is this Jesus? We are going to be looking at the heart of who he is. We're going to be looking at his actions, what he cared about, and just to see how big of a deal this Jesus is over the next couple weeks. As we study this scripture, we are going to be looking today at the heart of Christ and a great example that he set. So this scripture um, starts in Luke 7. So if you guys want to follow along on your phones or you have a Bible, you can turn to there. Um, We have a QR code behind behind me that you can scan. The sermon notes are right in that QR code, and you can click on that as well. So today's main point is this. The heart of Jesus values everyone. So this, this story, right before the story, Jesus is coming off one of the most popular sermons he probably gave that, we, that is recorded in Scripture. It was just a 10-minute sermon, and it was called the Sermon on the Mount. And this sermon absolutely blew people's mind. He basically took tradition and culture, and he put it on the ground, and he punted it to eternity and just flipped uh, thousands and thousands of years of tradition upside down. It was one of those conversations, if you've ever had with somebody, where they're just saying a lot of things, and you're getting frustrated inside, and you want to say something to kind of counteract what they had just said, but you can't actually point out the exact wrong detail in it, and it's just kind of, you just started to boil inside. So right after this, right after this, we see that Jesus is going to put everything that he said into practice. During the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he talks about things like um, where blessings go. He talks about, he said, he said, blessed are the poor, blessed are the hungry, blessed are those who weep. And I can only imagine the people of that time thinking, well, the, the reason that they're not getting any blessing is because obviously they made a wrong decision in their life. Duh, they're not getting any blessing. But Jesus said, no, blessed is the poor. Then Jesus goes and says another thing like, hey, why don't you go ahead and we're going to love our enemies. We're actually going to take it a step further and we're going to pray for our enemies. We're not just going to stay away from them. We're not going to hate them. We are going to love our enemies. And right after this, right after this in chapter 7, he immediately goes and finds two opportunities, which we're going to talk about today, where he took everything he said and he put it into practice so I'm going to read two stories, two stories right off the bat, and we're going to talk about those two today. So why don't you start, uh, open up your Bibles, open up your phones. We're going to be in Luke 7, 1 through 17. And the first one is titled, The Faith of the Sertirian. Uh, what is it? Sertirian? No, that's all right. What is it? Centurion, thanks. I need Bible scholar. I didn't obviously go to college for this. Okay, Centurion, thank you. Uh, when Jesus had finished saying... All of this to the people who are listening. He entered Capernaum, and the centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. 
when, Jesus, when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This, is, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and he built our synagogues. So Jesus went to them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent his friends uh, to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I do not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with my soldiers under me. I tell, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at that. And turned, turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the man who had sent returned to the house and found the servant well. And here's the second story in this chapter. This is, talks about Jesus raising a widow's son. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to the town of Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was, was being carried out, the son of his mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the town was with her. Then the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and said, don't cry. When he went up and touched her bear, they were carrying on him, and the bear stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praises and, and praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and surrounding and the surrounding country. So we have two different stories from two different headlines. The first one involves this church word that we talk about, which is faith. Let me define faith real quick for you. It is a belief to the extent of full trust and reliance. This was the basis of our relationship with Christ. Faith is something that we talk about often because faith is the relationship that we have with Christ. So in this story, we see this guy called a centurion. I said it right this time, centurion. And this guy is a very high-ranking official in Rome. Traditionally, they do not follow uh, Jewish culture. They put up with the Jews uh, because uh, they have a lot, uh, they, they are spread throughout Rome, and they, they take care of them just like regular citizens. But normally, uh, centurions, people of high power, do not follow um, things of God. So this, this centurion's job is kind of like a store manager. He's a bunch of people around him. He gets news from, the, from his boss, and then he kind of spreads it to his people, and they, may, they, they guard the streets, they do uh, service work, they do all sorts of things for the people to make sure the people are falling in line and that they are safe. And it says in the scripture that this centurion uh, was a little bit different than others because he really cared about the Jewish people, and he helped build the synagogues, the house of worship for the Jews. So Jesus and this man's life 
cross paths because one of his servants is ill. And it says that the Jewish elders, the Jewish elders went and reached out to find Jesus and bring him back to the centurion. The Jewish elders spoke so highly of this person because he cared about them. He did so much work with the Jews that even the elders recognized that this person was important. And the centurion said to Jesus, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I do not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. The centurion had so much faith that Jesus would heal his servant, that he trusted that if Jesus just said the word, he just spoke the words, if you will be healed, everything was going to be okay. And Jesus said this, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the man who'd been sent returned to the house and found that the servant was well. This is a common understanding about faith, right? This is something that we talk amongst each other. This is something uh, that we have kind of come to terms. If you follow Christ, then you'll receive some sort of blessing, right? Like this is something even in, in, my, in my teachings and in, in, in things that I have said on stage, I've even alluded to the fact that if we worship Jesus, if we stay faithful to Jesus, if we stay obedient to Jesus, then we will receive some sort of blessing in return. There's no reason why God shouldn't bless the people that follow him, correct? See, this Roman took such care of the Jews and helped build the house of worship, he did enough that the elders, the elders noticed. But when Jesus came around, it seemed to imply that it wasn't because of the work that he did with the Jews in the temple, but it was because of his faith, the reason that his servant was healed. So that brings up a question that a lot of us probably have today, which is, would Jesus have healed his friend if he didn't have faith? If he just did the good things but did not have faith in God, would Jesus have healed him? There is certainly a blessing that we can receive when we have God, right? Now, I'm not talking about eternity here. Like when we have faith in Jesus, it says that we have the opportunity to go to eternity with him. I'm talking about earthly blessing today. Do we, will we receive the blessing if we didn't have faith? Would the, would the centurion's friend, his servant, receive faith, I mean, receive healing if the centurion didn't have faith. Now, I truly believe, and I've taught this before, that if you have faith in Jesus, your finances will become blessed, your health will become blessed, your financial needs, your emotional side, even your social side will be blessed if you have faith in Jesus. Now, a lot of that is probably from natural following of Scripture. Jesus, the scriptures talk the most about money. It talks about how much we should eat. It talks about how we should forgive and, and remove the anxiety and the fear and place it on Jesus. It talks about how we should focus on others than trying to build up ourself. The anxiety of bringing ourself above others is just too much for us to handle. 
It calls us to be hard workers. It calls us to even have fellowship with one another as believers. And because of that, we can move forward together. We have a support system. So all of those things will be blessed just by the natural following of Scriptures. But you can see plainly here in Scripture that if, if you are a follower of Christ, He wants to bless you. He wants to give you good gifts, it says in Scripture. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you a life pain-free. He wants you to completely rely on Him, and He will give you all of His needs, all of your needs. I do believe if we are faithful, and He calls us to be faithful on this earth, He will give us and provide us all that we need. Some will have an abundance, but some will just receive what they need. But in, in all things, we are called to be generous, and He will provide what we need. From my own life, this is a security that we see in Scripture that we can't receive anywhere else. That because of our faith, God will give us everything that we need. The freedom of that, knowing that He will provide everything, relieves so much fear and anxiety in our life because of that. But there's a second story that I read. We see the first story where the, because of the centurion's faith, his servant is healed. There was, they, he received a blessing because of his faith. Jesus even said he hadn't seen that, that faith even in Israel. So this was something special. But there's a second story immediately after this that I want to, if it's okay, I want to read one more time. It says this. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples in a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of, the, of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and, and he said, don't cry. And he went to the, and touched the bear. They were carrying him on, and the bear's stood there, stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praise, and praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they say. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. See, this story is the exact opposite of the first one. Instead of someone uh, crying to Jesus to come and help, he just saw somebody who was hurting and he went over to them. The other point is we see that this person never really had faith, or it never implies that this person had faith. It also doesn't even see that this person even knew who Jesus was in the first place. Jesus just decided to raise this lady's son from the dead. So to counter popular belief about health and wealth, it seems that Jesus on this earth is in the business of taking people wherever they are and elevating them towards the Father. I think this story shows more about the response we should have as Christians rather than the things that we should receive as Christians. If we want to be more like Christ, 
I suggest that we stop focusing as much about what Jesus said and we focus just as much about the actions that Jesus did on this earth. Many of us know the scriptures. The scriptures. Many of us can quote it. Many of us can quote and say Jesus' life from birth all the way to death. But few of us know actually how to carry it out in what Jesus did on this earth. The physical actions at which he did on this earth. See, in this story, what they didn't explain was that this widow's son was all this woman, this woman had. It says that she was a widow, and back then, in that time, the man had to provide everything for the women. If your husband died, then it was up to your sons to make sure that the family continued to operate. It made sure that the family continued to have the, the, the funds that they needed to continue. And Jesus recognized that this woman was on all on her own. She had nothing left. She had no husband. She had no sons to take care of her. So Jesus did something completely that what seems to be out of the ordinary. Jesus went over to her, and I love what he said. He said, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and said, don't cry. See, when you read the Bible, when we read the Bible, when you read the Bible, we often think, man, what can I get out of this? How is this going to help me through this tough time? How can I, uh, how can I dive deeper into the relationship with God, relationship with Christ? How can I know everything about Jesus? But the heart of Jesus looks more about what we can give to others than what we can receive. You see, Jesus, the gospel is very much messy. It's not this straightforward, really great story that only applies to a few, but it's a story and actions that can be applied to every person in every situation and penetrates their life at a very deep level. I believe there's massive perks about being a part of a church. You receive so much blessing when you are part of a church, when you're part of the faith and the fellowship of believers. I, I've experienced it myself, and I, I, if you have not experienced it yet to the fullest extent, just wait. You will, I promise, experience the blessing of being a part of a church. I have no idea, to be honest, I have no idea how people have kids without being a part of a church. I have no idea. It doesn't make, I, I do not, if you survive, if you had a kid and you weren't part of a church, I don't know how you did it. Man, when, when we have a kid, we receive so much blessing, support. They, we had diapers for like, for like, I don't even know if we bought diapers. We bought diapers. I don't know if we bought diapers for like a year or wipes or anything. We had all of our clothes provided. And we received so, so much blessing. And if you've ever received a loss, the people who come around you to bless you and just make sure that you are okay during this time, to make sure that you can continue to go towards Christ, the amazing blessing that you can receive as a church is incredible. But when you look at the actions of Jesus, it looks a lot more like we take the resources that we've received as a church and as a, per, as a people, and we do whatever it, whatever it takes, whatever is necessary to just spread it to everyone that is around us. See, sometimes the gospel requires you to get your hands dirty. 
Sometimes the gospel makes you have conversations with people you never thought that you would ever run into or interact with. Sometimes it calls you to go over to someone who's had, who has lost their child and provide them with an opportunity to redeem their heart towards Christ. And it is a lot difficult, a lot more difficult when you don't have the gift of healing. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. See, as Christians, we're stuck right in the middle. We are stuck right in the middle of these two stories. On one side, we receive the blessings, we receive the healing, we want the healing for ourselves, we want the healing for our friends and for our family and the people that we're connected with. We want that to happen. But on the other side, we see that Jesus just went right over to that lady. It didn't matter what situation she was in. It didn't matter if she had faith. It just cut the heart of Jesus, and he went over and tried his best to fix that situation. I think when we look at Jesus, when we look at the heart of Jesus, we need to remember the main point of today, which is the heart of Jesus values everyone. The heart of Jesus values everyone. And I believe that you can make a bigger impact than you think. I believe every single person in here, you can make a bigger impact today than what you think. I believe there's like four things that I'm going to mention with you that you can make an impact today if you start it today. The first one is this. On your way towards Jesus... As you have faith and you're going towards Jesus, towards eternity, you can ask somebody to join you. This is a relationship that goes on for our entire life. It's not just you're baptized and you're good to go. This is something that is day in and day out, having fellowship with believers and non-believers. And if you want to make an impact today about, with somebody else, ask somebody to join you on your trail. Ask them to join you on your journey towards Christ. The second thing is this, we need to be generous, you need to be generous with the resources that you have. We see in the scripture that Jesus didn't just hoard the, 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 the blessings and the faith towards somebody who had faith in his father, but he gave the resources that he had, that God gave him to anybody who is in need. The third thing is this, don't be afraid to step into somebody else's stuff. If somebody is hurting, don't be afraid to go over to that person and enter into their story and try to provide some sort of healing, relief that you can for that person. And the fourth one, and this is the advanced level one. For those who have been transformed, their mind has been transformed and have the heart of Jesus, if your heart hurts for someone or something, act on it. If you're going upon your day and your heart hurts and, 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 and just breaks for somebody on your way towards Christ, act on it. Love that person as Jesus loved that widow. When his heart broke, he went right over to that person and he healed her son to try to elevate her situation some way towards Christ. I believe, church, I believe with all of my heart that if we have the heart of Jesus, then we will value absolutely everyone 
that comes through these doors and everyone that we come in interaction with every single day. Whether it's on a walk, whether we're at the store, whether we're at our jobs, whether we're just coming home from anything, we will value every single person because Jesus, I believe, values everyone. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for these two stories, these two opposite stories that really show how much you truly love everyone. God, I do want to thank you so much that you do want to bless the people who have faith. You want to heal. You want to encourage. You want to help us with all of our needs, and you want to give us our daily bread because we have faith in you. But on the other side, I do see that you just want to give healing to anybody who is hurting. You want to enter into their story, and you want to elevate them towards the Father. God, I ask that you change our hearts today that you change our minds, that you change everything that we have so that we can have faith, that we can have impact, and we can make a change here in Lexington, here in Kentucky, and to the ends of the earth. God, you are so good. I'm going to ask this all in your son's name. Amen. Well, church, we started